think we ought to give Jesus 10 seconds of some praise. It's the blood that forgave us. It's because he died that he forgave us. Come on, give him a big shout of praise in this place. Yeah. Come on, is there anybody being redeemed and bought by the blood of the Lamb today? Man, it's a good news, great day to be in church. Come on. And I'm excited for today, man. Come on, that's going to be our anthem and our cry. It's going to be this right here, that we would plead the blood of Jesus today over whatever you walked in. I don't know what it is you might have walked in this place with, but I want to encourage you today that Jesus is more than enough. Come on, I said Jesus is more than enough. Come on, anybody ever experienced that before? It may be the hardest part of your life that you've ever walked in here with, but Jesus is more than enough. We're going to open his word and we're going to see what he has to say today. I'm just telling you, I'm all the way fired up, so y'all just better get ready. And uh, it's going to be a great day. We're going to be in John chapter 11. So if you have your paper Bibles, come on. We like to stand in honor of God's word. So if you don't mind grabbing that, grabbing it and going to the newer testament, if you don't know uh, much about your Bible, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the fourth book in the newer testament. And uh, we're going to be in John chapter 11. We're going to start verse 32. So I'm going to give you a chance to get there. And uh, we're in a series called Grave Diggers, and I'm really excited about today. And just believe that the Holy Spirit is going to be in this place. We're going to be in John chapter 11. If you got it, say, I got it. If you need a few seconds, say, hold up. All right, I'll hold up. A few of you need a few minutes. John chapter 11. Awesome. John chapter 11. If you don't have your Bibles, we're going to have it on a giant screen behind. And if you don't have a Bible, listen, we'd love to give you one. We love opening God's Word together. And we want you to not just open it on Sunday. We want you to open it every day. And so actually outside, we'd love to give you one at the Connect Corner. If you need a Bible, we'd love to do that for you. Love to give that to the generous people of Purpose Church, man. We want to put a Bible in your hands. I love that. John chapter 11. Now if we're ready, everybody say we're ready. All right, here we go. John chapter 11, verse 32 says this. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. We're going to talk about a guy I think a lot of us have heard of today. And when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. And then Jesus asked this, where you put him? Where have you put him? And they told him, Lord, come and see. And then verse 35 happens. It's the shortest verse in all the Bible. Then Jesus wept. And I love that so much. If you're looking for a verse to memorize this year, there it is right there, all right? John chapter 11, verse 35. We'll come back to it in a second. And the people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? And then Jesus, verse 38, was still angry as he arrived at the tomb cave with a stone rolled across the entrance and Jesus told him roll the stone aside but Martha the dead man's sister protested Lord he's been dead for four days and the King Jimmy version the King James version actually says this in the next part he stinketh come on somebody I like that version I like that tap your neighbor don't 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 do that right now don't do that okay he's been dead for four days the smell will be terrible And Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you would just believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all those people standing here so that they will believe that you sent me. And then the Bible says in verse 43 that Jesus shouted, Lazarus! Come on, that's how I read the Bible. Anybody else? Come on. I want you to shout Lazarus right now. Go. That's just fun, right? Lazarus! Watch what he says. Come out. 
watch what the Bible says. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth, and Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. I love this scripture so much. It's one of my, literally, I say it all the time, but like it's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. This story of a dead man walking. That's what we're going to look at today. And so I hope you're ready to hear from the Holy Spirit as he's speaking to you through his word. And I'm just believing that the Lord is going to be in this place. Anybody excited about what God is going to teach them today? Anybody ready for that today? Come on, let's pray one more time. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood that you gave in our place, that you were the substitute, that you came in and you stood in our spot and you actually took the the punishment for us. And we just say thank you today, Jesus. We love you. We honor you. We praise you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, if you love Jesus all across this house, can we make a little bit of noise in this place? And then you can go ahead and have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. Awesome. Well, I am so thankful for you. I'm so glad that you're here. And uh, I'm just going to tell y'all, let's have some church today. I need some help preaching, if you don't mind. Uh, It's going to be a great day, and I believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak to us. And we are in this series called Grave Diggers, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But I'd love to ask a question just to get us all on the same page at the very beginning. How many of us in the room today would bitch be honest and say, hey, you know what? I got this one friend, or I know somebody, and they show up late to everything. Come on. How many of y'all know who that? Why don't you point at them right now? Just tell a, just tell somebody beside you like that. How many of us know that that's you, that you are the person that shows up late to everything? Come on, wave at me. Come on, wave your hand in the air and wave it like you just do care, all right? I'll just be honest, in our house, I like to be early to just about everything, and and, uh, my wife, poor Allie, like, the girl is going to be late to her own funeral. Come on, somebody, right? Mama, I love you so much. I'm so thankful for you. But that is one that's one thing about us is that Miss Allie, she, it's just hard for her. To, oh, she got four kids. Come on, that's hard to handle, right? Hard. I'm giving you some grace, Mama, today. You need some grace on your life because that's tough, right? But come on, how many of us, now, now point to the person again. Who's the person sitting next to you that's late? Is there anybody around? you like them. It's them every time. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, I, I like being honest in church. I like talking like that because I think all of us know somebody or we are that person that shows up late to something, right, that, that we just show up late. And, and I think if we would look at this story right here in the Bible, I think there's many times, including Miss Martha, that thought actually, you know what, Jesus, you're late. Like, you showed up late. You, like, you missed the boat on this whole thing. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. Because, again, I love this series that we're in called Grave Diggers. And what we do is we take, like, a couple messages or a, a book of the Bible or whatever we might do. And we kind of pair it all together. And we walk through it together. But this main idea of what we've been talking about over the last couple weeks is that you can't start living until you start dying. Right, and we've talked about it. We've had some practical message. Pastor Damien kicked it off the first week. Last week, we talked a little bit. This week, we're going to kind of take a little bit of a detour. Uh, not really a detour, but kind of a different direction with where we're heading this week and next week. Just felt like the Holy Spirit kind of shifted that uh, in our church over the last few days. And I wanted to just kind of go this direction, talking about this guy named Lazarus. And again, I hope you're ready today because I believe the Lord wants to speak to you through this story of Lazarus. And so Lazarus, if you know, how many of us have ever heard the story of Lazarus before? Come on, wave at me right now. Come on, wave at me. Okay, cool. You may have heard of Lazarus. Maybe you haven't. 
Um, but, but as I was reading that story, you may have heard of these gals named Mary and Martha, and maybe that kind of brought up some memory for you or something like that. Well, actually, this is not the first time that they're introduced in the Bible. I want you to know that Lazarus is one of Jesus' dear friends. And again, you've probably heard of Mary and Martha. They're his sisters. What happened is, you may remember them from the Bible where, y'all remember that story where Jesus is coming over to the house? Y'all remember that? About six of us. Y'all remember that? Come on. This means yes in Kentucky. Come on. If you want to not say nothing, just do like this right here. All right, good, good, good. Like, like, they were coming over to the house. Jesus was coming over, and Martha is doing what all of us would be doing. Come on. How many of y'all know if somebody was coming to your house this afternoon, how many of y'all sprinting home, you're cooking, you're kicking puppies, you're throwing stuff in the closet, you're doing whatever you got to do to make sure that house is clean, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, that is happening, okay? And so, like, Martha is doing all of that. She's like, Jesus is coming. We got to get this place spotless. And what is Mary doing while Martha is doing that? Mary is at the feet of Jesus, right? Y'all remember this story? She is at the feet of Jesus just, just being in, in the presence of God, right? And, and so G, you know Jesus is God because he gets right in the middle of this cat fight that's going on because Martha looks at Mary and is like, Lord, you better tell her she needs to get up, right? And what happens is, is Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Actually, Mary has it right. Mary's figured it out. She understands that she, she's actually worshiping, worshiping me, and she has chosen the better thing. So I, I, you probably have heard of that story if you haven't heard of this one. And this is that same family. And Jesus loves this family so much, man. He's got a dear place in his heart for them. And we see in John chapter 11, if you will go back and some extra reading I want you to do this week, go back at the first of John chapter 11, start reading through it. You'll find out this entire story right here is that Lazarus is sick, right? And Lazarus is sick. And what is happening is Mary and Martha know that Lazarus is sick. And they're like, oh, we got to get a hold of Jesus, right? We got to do whatever we got to do to get a hold of Jesus. And the Bible says that they write this letter to Jesus, all right? And I want to think about it really quick. I like to have a little fun in church because I want to kind of just make this very practical for us. What would you put in a letter? Let's just kind of make it up to date today. What would you put in a text message to get Jesus' attention to come to where you were? Once you think about that for just a second, any all cap texters out there? Come on, somebody. Anybody? Okay, we are praying for you right now if you're texting all caps. We don't know if you're mad. We don't know if you're shouting. We don't know if you're yelling. We have no idea. You know what I'm saying? Anybody like me, I'll just tell you, uh, I end every sentence. I, I, I did okay in English in college and high school and all of that, but, like, I end every sentence with an exclamation point. Anybody out there? Come on. We're my, we're my exclamation point people. I'm just going to tell you, if you get a text message from me and it's got a period, it ain't me, all right? Somebody else has my phone. I am an exclamation point guy, literally. Like, I, I am excited, like, literally all the time, and everything is awesome. And, yeah, you'll get, a, you'll get exclamation points. And so maybe, maybe that's how you would t uh, text Jesus, maybe all caps or, 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 or uh, exclamation points. Or maybe for some of you, you'd have to, like, craft this perfectly crafted text message or letter to Jesus. Come on, how many of us know that? Like, you're going to be eloquent. You're going to tell them all about all these things that are going on, you're going to make sure it's perfect. Make sure you're using the right grammar, right words. Man, it's got to be perfectly in line. It's got to be eloquent. And I got to thinking about that. I think sometimes that's the same way it happens when we're in church. That we come into church and when I speak, it's got to be perfect. Or when I, come on, Sam, when you speak, when he speaks, it's got to be perfect. No, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, we don't have to come in here, and, and when we're praying, we don't have to pray in old English, because that's what we think the Lord, like, the, the, the language of God is, is like, thou beseech thee, brethren, you know. No, 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 no. 
I don't think we have to have it perfectly, eloquently, all together because I think sometimes what we do is we put on this projection because what we're trying to do is earn the favor, the mercy, and the attention of God. But if you go back and you look at the letter that they wrote to Jesus, the letter was short and sweet. You know what they did? They just reminded Jesus of what they, that Jesus already knew. Lord, your friend Lazarus is sick. Another version says it like this, Lazarus, the one you love is sick. And I got to thinking, is it possible that God's love for you is enough to get God's attention on you? Like think about that for just a second. The Bible tells us that it is by grace through faith that you and I are saved. That, that, that's what we hang our hat on when it comes to our faith and our salvation. It's nothing that I can do to earn it. I can't wear my Sunday best enough. I couldn't give enough money. I couldn't come to church enough to earn my way to God. No, no, no. It's His grace that saves me. It's His grace that redeems me, that changes me. And His grace is enough. Come on, if we believe that all over this house, can we give Him a big shout of praise for that grace? Come on, that's good news today. And right here in a moment of confusion, decision time, pain, sorrow, maybe you're experiencing some joy. Anytime you know what you can do, you can come to God and be honest and say, God, I'm the one that you love as well. Like the one you love is afraid of what's next. The one you love does not have any idea what the next step might look like. The one that you love is hurting. I'm, I'm confused because listen to me, his love for you is greater than anything that you can ever bring to him. I want to just share that with you. I want you to write it down. God is moved by his love for you, not what you can do for him. I want you to know that. Like God is moved by his love for you, not what you can do for him. And the, and the Bible tells us that Jesus, they, that he gets this letter. They send Jesus this letter, and Jesus opens the letter, and Jesus loves his friend Lazarus, right? He just loves his family, and he declares out loud, if you go back and read in John 11, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. But watch what he goes on. He says, not only that, but it's, not, it's also going to happen. You know why? Because the Son of God is going to get glory in the middle of it. I want you to see that. I want you to know that. And then watch what happens after that. Jesus, you know what he does when he says, oh, it's not going to end in death? They're, they're pleading him. Jesus like, yo, this dude is sick. Like, he is bad off. You better come or he's going to die. You know what? Jesus is like, all right, I'm coming. But guess what he does? He waits two days. Come on, he waits two days. And I, I love to put myself in this situation, right? You send this letter to Jesus. Jesus opens it. He gets the letter, your friend. He's sick, like on his deathbed, dying. We need you. This isn't like they were in two geographically crazy different places. They were two miles away from each other. 30-minute walk, right? And they're, they're, they're saying, Jesus, hey, I, I, we need you. And Jesus is like, yo, I'm coming. Like, don't worry. It's not going to end in death. I'm going to wait two more days. Come on, right? Like, like, no, 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 Jesus, I don't think you heard, right? Like, Lazarus is about to die. Like, he is sick, sick. All right, come on. Like, really bad, Jesus. You're going to have to come right now. No, 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 I I'm coming. Don't worry. It's not going to end in death. And he waits two more days. And anybody ever uh, wanted to hurry or somebody to hurry, and then it seemed to take them longer to get going than you thought? Come on, anybody with parents that have kids in the room? Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Like, hey, go get your shoes on your feet. It takes them 45 minutes to find a pair of socks first. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it takes them so much longer, right? Or 
uh, again, just, just to honor my wife. Again, I'm like, babe, okay, we're going to have to go. But we, it's 1141. We're going to have to make, we're going to have to go. And does it ever seem like it just might take a little longer than you thought it was going to? Right? And the same thing is happening right here. And I think a lot of times what we would do is we would read this story, and it almost seems cruel to us, doesn't it? It almost seems cruel, like, like you love us, Jesus, you're for us, but you're going to wait two more days? Like, like, what do you mean, Jesus? And, and I think some of us, as we're reading this, we need to apply it to our own situation. Some of you think that God is not answering you on your timeline, and that's an indication that you believe is that God doesn't care, that God is nowhere to be found, or that he is not listening. But I'm about to preach, so y'all better just get ready. I want to write this down. God's delays are not God's denials. Just because he hasn't doesn't mean that he won't. And some of you in this room, you've got to begin to believe and trust in the God that said it would not end in death. Listen to me. He never said that it wouldn't look like death. He never said it wouldn't smell like death. He never just said that it wouldn't feel like death. But Jesus declared to the, that this would not end in death. And so I need somebody to clap your hands and shout to God if you believe today that the God that we're serving is writing a bigger story than we can see. Come on, that's a golf clap. Does anybody believe it today? That some of us in this room have limited our God to only to what we can see. And I came to remind somebody today that we walk by faith, not by sight. That God has not finished writing the story of your life. That you may only be on page three, but how many of us know that sometimes a story can take more than one page to tell? Come on, somebody. Sometimes it takes a chapter. If that chapter is good, okay, we got to go into a story, into a whole book. And if that book, if that story is real good, it's going to take a season on Netflix. Come on, somebody. And if it's real good, then it's going to go into a series. And if it's real, real good, the series is going to go into multiple seasons. And what I came today was to prophesy over somebody's life that you have no idea the story that God is writing in your life. And some of you need to be reminded today that it may feel like death in this season, but turn the page because it will not end in death. Don't give up now. Do not quit. Don't throw in the towel now. If you're breathing, God is still working. And if you believe that, come on, give him a big shout of praise in this place. Because if it's not good, listen to me, God is not done. If it's not good, God is not done. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, guess what? God is working all things together. For the good that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And so listen to me. I want to challenge you today. A waiting season does not have to be a wasted season. A waiting season does not have to be a wasted season. That you, in this season of waiting, that you can draw close to God. That you can worship God. That you can appeal to God. That you don't have to live in worry and anxiety. But you can understand today that just because it's delayed right now doesn't mean that it's denied. Come on, stay the course. Do not give up. The Bible tells us that do not give up even in the hard stuff. You know why? Dad, listen, if you will stay with it, if you will keep following Jesus, you will reap a harvest of blessing if you do not give up. Tap your neighbor. Say, don't give up now. Tap your neighbor. You pick second and say, I know I picked you second, but don't you give up either. Don't you give up either. Don't, don't give up. 
I want to just challenge you with that again. I don't know how practical today is going to be as far as like steps to walk out, but I'm trying to build your faith today. That you would have faith in the one that literally is working even when we can't see him working. Even when we can't see God moving, he's still moving. Even when we can't see God work, I know he, I still believe he's moving. I still believe he's working. I still believe, that's a song that Brandon Lake sings, I still believe he's working all things for good. Come on, let that be the anthem of our life today. That even in a waiting season, it's not going to be wasted. Everybody good? Okay, here, here we go. Let's keep going. Jesus waits two days. What happens when Jesus waits? Lazarus dies, doesn't he? Right, Lazarus dies, and here comes Jesus four days after Lazarus done been dead, or done got the letter. A couple days after he's done been dead, he's rolling up into Bethany. And Martha, listen, Martha, she was a character now. I tell you, I like to meet her in heaven, boy. She's going to be wild, all right? Martha doesn't even wait for Jesus to get all the way into town. What she do? She goes outside town to meet Jesus, right? I can just imagine her taking off earrings, taking these high heels off. I can imagine her getting his finger ready. Come on, somebody, right? And she goes out and meets Jesus and said, Jesus, hey, if you'd have been here, this wouldn't have happened. Can you all imagine Martha doing that, right? Maybe it's the ADHD in me. I'm not really sure, okay? But I can just imagine her having this posture of Jesus like, yo, hey, you glad you're finally here? Like, if you've been here, this wouldn't have happened. Like, it wouldn't have been this way if you had done something earlier. And, and I think about that, and I'm going to be very transparent and honest with us today. I think it's time that we take off the religious mask, and you in this room or watching online, you may not be as bold as Martha, but this is the same posture that you have towards God today. Some of you in this room walk in this place, and you are asking, where were you, Jesus? Like, why didn't you show up? Like, my marriage wouldn't have ended this way had you shown up. My kids wouldn't be gone if you'd been there. Like, it didn't have to go down like this, Jesus. Where were you? And if we would just be very honest, I think there's some people that walked in this place with that demeanor today. And I want to challenge you today that I'm, I'm so thankful for Jesus. You know why? Because guess what? Even in the midst of our hurt, even in the midst of our pain, even in the midst of the sorrow, guess what? Jesus is so moved with compassion by what they are walking through that you know what he says? You know what? Show me that thing that's dead. Show me that dead thing. Bring it to me. Let me see it. Let me, let me, let me see it. And we get to the shortest verse in the Bible that, again, might be the shortest verse in the Bible, but trust me, packs a huge punch if you will understand what it says. Then Jesus wept. Then Jesus wept. I'm going to take a theology break really quick, and we're going to talk about a few things. Do we believe that Jesus is God? Yes or no, church? Yes, we do, right? We believe that Jesus is God. That, that, and God, listen to me, is omnipotent, which means he's everywhere all the time, right? And God is omniscient, which means that he literally knows everything. So if Jesus, that we just all agree is God, listen to me, he knows what's about to happen after this. He knows that he's going to heal Lazarus. But before he does, you know what I love about Jesus? He stops and he weeps with them. That's the power of this verse. Then Jesus wept. You know what that means? He gets you. That Jesus understands you. That Jesus understands me. That Jesus gets us. 
that Jesus empathizes with us, that Jesus knows what you're walking through, that Jesus knows the depression that you're facing, the hurt, the anger, the betrayal, the abuse, the humiliation, the rejection, the pain that you are going through, that Jesus gets us. And I came to remind somebody today that what Hebrews chapter 4 tells us is that the high priest that we have of ours understands our weaknesses. For he has faced all of the same testings that we do, yet the Bible says he did not sin. Another translation actually says it like this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. You know what that word sympathize, if you go back to the original Greek language, what it has to say, it literally means to be translated to suffer alongside. That you and I have a high priest in Jesus who was willing to suffer alongside of you and me. He was willing to walk this life alongside of you and me, yet he didn't sin. Yet he never messed up, yet he never made a mistake, but he was willing to not just be uh, far off, but he was willing to put on the earth suit that the God of the universe that spoke everything into existence was willing to come in carnation, like in man form here on this earth. Jesus walking around, doing miracles, living a perfect life, dying a death that he didn't deserve, getting out of the grave, and now is alive and seated at the right hand of God the Father. Come on, is there anybody thankful today that the God of the universe knows and feels what we're going through. I'm grateful. That should encourage you today. That should build some faith inside of you today that whatever your situation might be, guess what? That Jesus is right there with you in it if you know him. And I'm just telling you, Jesus wept. And then the Bible says, verse 36, the people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. See, I love the fact Lazarus offered him nothing. It was only the love that God had for him. Look at that right there. It wasn't, Lazarus was dead. He couldn't offer nothing, but it was the love of Jesus that drew him in. I love that so much that we can't earn it. I can't do enough good things. It's only by Jesus. Watch what he says. But some of them said, well, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? See, see I, I think about this, and I think about what Martha just said when she ran out to meet Jesus, right, and Mary, and they're talking to Jesus. See, everybody had this limit on Jesus, like, Jesus, if you'd only been there, he wouldn't have died. Or, oh, man, couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? See, I want to tell something to some of us today. Mary and Martha wanted a healing, but Jesus wanted a resurrection. Mary and Martha wanted a resuscitation, a, a right now, an immediate gratification, a, hey, do what we're asking you to do, Jesus. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm not wasting this miracle. I'm about to teach you exactly who I am. And so my question today for you is this. What do you do when your situation doesn't line up with your expectation? Like, what do you do? Anybody ever been there before? They thought it was going to be this way, and it's anything but that way? Come on, just me in the room? Come on, wait a minute if that's you. You ever been in a situation where you're like, yo, I really thought this would be different. I, I mean, I really, like, no, I, we, I was expecting this, but then this happened. Like, like, we said until death do us part, but he left me. Like, this was my dream job, but I lost it. I, I, I wanted a child, but even before I was able to hold him in my arms, we lost that baby. I don't know what situation that you might be going through. But see, when it comes to God, whenever your situation doesn't line up with your expectation, get ready because he's about to give you a revelation. Come on, I feel the spirit of Dr. Seuss right now up in this place. Come on. 
but it's a, it's a principle of the Bible. Watch what the, watch, I want you to write it down. When your situation doesn't line up with your expectation, it's a perfect opportunity for revelation. When, when your situation doesn't line up with your expectation, listen, it's a perfect opportunity for a revelation. What's a revelation mean? He wants to show you something. He wants to reveal something to you. That's what God wants to do. Well, what, what could he ever possibly want to reveal in my life, in this situation that I'm in, in this death? You know what he wants to do? He wants to reveal who he is even in the middle of it, even in the middle of what you're walking through. Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to show you who I am. Not, not just what I do, but who I am. Like, because if you'll capture who Jesus is, it'll change everything about you. And if you'll understand who Jesus is, it'll change your life forever. And Jesus said, I'm going to show you who I am. I'm going I'm to show you. And he looks at Mary and Martha and says, I know that your situation does not line up with the expectation that you had. I know he's been dead for four days. But I want to give you a revelation. If you go back and you read a few verses before what we started today, Jesus said, I want you to know, and your people will know, that I am the resurrection and the life. That I don't just do resurrection, I am resurrection. You get around me, and dead stuff starts waking up. Dead dreams start coming to life. Roll the stone away. No, 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 Jesus. Jesus, you don't want to do that. You don't want to see what's behind those doors. Like, you don't want to see it. Man, he stinketh. Come on, somebody, right? Like, it's bad back there. No, no, no. You don't want to do that, Jesus. Roll the stone away, Jesus says. No, 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 no. Jesus, listen. Trust me. You don't want to see what's behind that stone. I don't want you to see what's hiding back there. I don't want you to see what I'm trying to cover up. Roll the stone away. No, it's bad. It's too bad. It stinks. It's decayed. It's too far gone. My life is too jacked up. My life is too messed up. You can't use me. It's over. I'm not good enough. And Jesus says, roll the stone away. Why? Because sometimes you got to confront the dead things in your life before God can bring them back to life. And listen to me, there as the stone was rolled away, this dude been dead for four days. Four days. And they thought, you know what? In this time, in this ancient culture, they thought that the soul of a person would stay in their bodies for three days, and then after the third day, they would go to, to their eternity place. So so I got to thinking, why, why in the world would Jesus wait four days? You know why? I think he did it on purpose. I think he did it on purpose. I think he was waiting to show up two days late and get there four days after he died on purpose. You know why? Because he wanted to break the customs, the traditions, and the get outside of their little box. And he was going to say, hey, I don't care how many days it's been. It could have been four days. It could have been 40 days. It could be 40 years. It doesn't matter because if I speak to it, something's got to change. Come on, if we believe that in this place, can we give him a big shout of praise all across this room? And what he did... He looked in this dark tomb. He looked in this dark tomb and he called out, Lazarus. Come on, somebody shout one more time. This is so much fun. Lazarus, shout it. Come out. Come on out, big boy. And all of a sudden, and wrapped in mummy clothes, looking like a Michael Jackson thriller movie. Come on, somebody, right? Comes walking out, a dead man walking. 
And I think it's good. I, I, I just think it's good that he called him by name. Because had he not called him by name, I think every dead thing in that cemetery would have gotten up and been walking out. Because, but he was speaking to that one thing in your life. He was speaking to that one situation. He was saying, Lazarus, come out. And he says, Lazarus, take the grave clothes off. It's time to put the grace clothes on. Old mindsets, old lifestyles, old behaviors, the old way of thinking. It's time that you take on the mind of Christ. It's time that you take on the identity of Christ. You are by the grace of God who you are, not because of your success, not because of your accolades. They pale in comparison to what Jesus Christ has done for you. Is there anybody thinking? in this place today that it's not based on your merit it's not based on how good you've been it's not based on what you could do it's only based on the person and the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and what's Lazarus do? Lazarus came out of that grave and you may be walking through what you're walking through and I want to challenge you today that you may be in the middle of that right now but there is a goal even in the middle of that That even in the middle of this death right here, even in the middle of this delay right here, that Jesus had a goal. He said, hey, 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 it's not going to end this way. You know why? Because I am the resurrection and the life. Not only that, guess what? If you put your faith and trust in me, Martha, won't you just trust me? And Jesus is saying that to some of you today. Won't you just trust me with your life? Won't you trust me with your, your eternity? you give me your life and he says hey you know what I'm good at I'm good at taking things that might look dead dormant passed away no way out but I got one word and I am the resurrection and the life and guess what that changes everything and the miracle took place you know why all to point to the person of Jesus and we as a church you know what we want to be about Jesus being our point Everything that we do, everything that we sing, everything that we say, everything that we do as we exit these walls today, guess what? May we point to Jesus with our lives. May the pain that we may be walking through, you look at me, look at me. You're going to be able to praise Jesus on this side of eternity, and you won't be able to do it in eternity. There's one way that you're not going to be able to do that. You want to know how it is? In the middle of pain. That, that's the power of praise is that even in, like in heaven, there's not going to be pain. But yet we have an opportunity now in the middle of what this earth, this broken, sinful, fallen world, that we get to honor and point to Jesus even in the middle of the hurt, even in the middle of the pain, even in the middle of the struggle, even in the middle of what you may be walking through that doesn't seem ideal, that it's been delayed, it's been pushed off, it's not according to your time span. But listen to me. All of it has the ability and the opportunity for Jesus to reveal who he is. Now, he is the Christ. He is the risen one. I'm the resurrection and the life. Come on. If we believe that all over this house, can you stand to your feet? And can we give God five seconds of some praise for the King of kings and Lord of lords? And he is the resurrection and the life. Come on. Give him a big shout of praise in this place. I'm going to land the plane on this and we're done. Lazarus, his story is truly a picture of salvation, I believe. Because again, resurrection is just another word for salvation. That without Jesus, listen to me, look at me, you and I are spiritually dead. That we're spiritually dead. 
And although we're dead, listen, God's love for us was so great, so kind, so patient, that it moved him to come towards you and I. And the Bible says that at just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Meaning Jesus stepped into humanity with all of his divinity, 100% God, 100% man. Guess what? He came and he wept for us and he wept with us. See, the Bible says that he was about to ascend into Jerusalem to give his life on the cross. And he looks out over that city and he weeps for the city. And he weeps for Jerusalem. And as he came and he was put on a cross and he declared it is finished... And when he declared it is finished, this was the moment that spiritual deadness and darkness was able to be turned into light and life because of him. And everything that Jesus has, when you say yes to him, now becomes yours. You know why? Because he traded places with me and you. That's what Jesus did. He traded places with us. Now think about this. He rode into Jerusalem on a donkey that wasn't his. He was put on a tree that wasn't his. He was put in a borrowed tomb that wasn't his. He died for sin that wasn't his. Why? So that he could get back everything that was his. And guess who that is? You and me. That's why he did it. And that's why he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And if you will put your faith and trust in this Jesus, he's going to show up. He's going to save you. He's going to walk with you. He doesn't promise that it's going to be a problem-free life. No. He promises, though, that in every trial, every situation, every tribulation, every valley, that he gets you and he's with you. And that's good news today. That's good news today. So all over this room, I don't know what you walked in here with. In just a second, we're going to have an invitation to respond to the, what the Holy Spirit's been drawing you into today. So all across this room, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes, if you don't mind, for just a few minutes. We're actually going to have our, our prayer team. We have people that, man, just love to pray and love you so much. And I don't know what you walked in this place with today, but I, I, I feel that some of you may have walked in here, and there's some dead things that you might have walked in here with, that you're carrying something that you were never meant to carry. I mean, there's some stuff in your life that you're saying, man, I am, I am struggling to do this on my own. And I want to just commit to you that we're going to be a praying church, that it's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. And so I'm going to ask, these are for everybody that knows Jesus in this place. If you know Jesus and you're saying, hey, I've been carrying something that I, I shouldn't be carrying on my own, won't you do this? Won't you? Step out of your seat. We would love to just pair our faith with yours. We've got some incredible people that would love to pray with you. No shame. No judgment. We've all been there. So we have people just coming in the first service just saying, God, we need you. God, we need you to, to, to help us in the middle of what we're walking through. And we want some people that can pray with you, right here with you. So I'm going to ask you to move right now. Would you move? They're going to keep playing so that you... You know, sharing something with the whole church. But man, won't you, if you're out there, church, and man, you know Jesus, won't you just begin to just pray for these people that are coming forward to receive prayer to right now? Just pray right where you're at. You can stretch your hands towards them if you need to. If you want to just kind of just put your hands out towards them, people needing prayer. Got people on either side of the platform that can pray as well. Somebody else has me. I need some prayer. I just, I want to be a church that we're committed to doing this thing together. We're not going to just leave you out to dry in this relationship for you to figure it out on your own with Jesus. No, no, no. We want to be there with you. We're going to walk through it with you. 
So if you need some prayer, I'm just going to invite you out of your seat. We'd love to pray with you, prepare our faith together. Anybody else? talk to you in the room, if maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, I'll just tell you that our sin is all fallen, that it's caused us all to fall, and sh- fall short. It's that one verse that I remember as a kid, that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I imagine this target that I would constantly miss, no matter what I did, I could never hit the target. And I'll just tell you, that's all of our story. The Bible says that Jesus, He came, He gave His life for us, He died on a cross, he literally became our sin for us. He died in our spot because there had to be a payment for it, and Jesus was willing to pay for it. So I'm thankful for Jesus. That's why we celebrate. That's why we sing. That's why we shout. That's why we clap. That's why we exhort and raise our hands and voices to the King of kings and Lord of lords because he made a way when there was no way. And Maybe you need to give your life to him today. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, You'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. So if you want to be saved today, you want to give your life to Jesus today, the Bible says to do just that. I'm going to lead you in a prayer of repentance. It doesn't have to be word for word. I want you to mean it. You don't have to say it exactly how I say it. I want you to tell God what you need him to do. You want him to save you. Say something like this, Jesus, I want you to save me. Come in my life. Forgive me. I give my life to you. I know I've messed up and I've sinned, but I put my trust in you today. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life today. Help me live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. And maybe you're here all over this house. Everybody's head bowed and eyes closed really quick together. If that's you and you just pray to receive Jesus, would you do this for me? Would you just raise your hand up over your head and say, hey, I just gave my heart to Jesus today. I just gave my life to Jesus today. You can just raise it up and you can drop it back down. I see you. Awesome. Anybody else? Say, hey, that's me. Anybody else? Awesome. Awesome. Well, here's what I want to do. We'll tell you in just a second of how we want to love to follow up with you, love to get some information from you, love to walk this thing out with you, tell you what the next step might look like. I know you might have questions, and we want to be committed to the journey of walking this thing out with you. So if you just pray to receive Jesus, come on, Purpose Church. Can we put our hands together? Can we thank God for salvation happening in this place today? Come on, not just a little golf clap. The King of kings and Lord of lords just changing eternity in this room. Come on, let's celebrate that together.